Welcome to the Experiencing Joy in Jesus Christ podcast. I'm Brother Webb. And I'm Brother Anderson. Excited for today's journey of joy. Let's go. Welcome, everybody. It is April 7th, Easter weekend. Super excited for Easter. And last week was General Conference for the Church of Jesus Christ. And at that general conference, many of the general authorities talked about preparing for Easter and making it um, a very big event as the we celebrate the most important event that's happened in human history and the um, crucifixion and resurrection of our Savior. So happy Easter, everyone. Um, this week, you're going to get a full-on episode a conference recap. And so this is three young adults. This is our three hosts. Nicole, Erica, and Brayden all um, sharing what they learned from General Conference. Hopefully, it's a wonderful experience for you and causes you to reflect on what you learn in General Conference, causes you to go back and re-listen as you use conference talks for um, the next six months as part of your personal gospel study. Enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome back on out, everyone, to the latest episode of the Experiencing the Joy of Jesus Christ podcast. Um, Erica, Nicole, and I are thrilled to be coming at you with a general conference recap. Um, Erica, Nicole, how are y'all doing? Ooh, doing great. Excited to talk about some general conference. Yes, let's go. Um, as always, we want to remind everyone to connect with us, our social media page on Instagram um, and our WhatsApp. All of that will be in the show notes um, of this episode. Awesome. Yep. Well, just again, as Braden mentioned, we're going to be talking about General Conference today. And for those who may not know, General Conference is a twice a year official meeting for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, where our global leaders, the prophet and apostles, um, speak to us and share different messages about Christ and his gospel and how we can draw closer to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And it's really cool because just like, you know, in days of old that we hear about in the Bible and scriptures, there were prophets and the apostles that spoke to people. We're able to have that today for our modern experiences and things that we're going through. So a lot to learn. Um, and we definitely know that general conference can be overwhelming sometimes. There's a lot to listen to, a lot to hear. Um, so today, taking that in mind, we're going to kind of dive into three talks that stood out to us and we feel like the podcast listeners could um, appreciate, but then also potentially pull in some other insights that we got as well. So yeah, we're excited for this little conference recap and we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, one of our first talks that we're going to talk about is Elder Christensen's talk from the Saturday afternoon session, it was called There Can Be Nothing So Exquisite and Sweet As Was My Joy. And it made us think about the podcast, think about the initial question that we ask um, our, 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 I guess our guests on the podcast is, how did they experience the joy of Jesus Christ? So we're going to dive into that. Any initial thoughts, friends? Yeah, when I was listening to it, I was listening to the session while I was multitasking cleaning. So <laughs> I was walking around cleaning my bathroom, listening to conference, and I just got really excited because I knew we would be recording this. And when 
they started dropping joy all the time. I was like, wow. Um, and, you know, it was kind of like our podcast is very general of experiencing the joy of Jesus Christ. And this was kind of went a little bit more specific of how you can feel joy through the repentance process and kind of like the different avenues of that. So like listening through it again, I thought an interesting take on it was, you know, how you can feel joy of like sharing the gospel with others and bringing others to repentance. And I think that that's like an interesting way to think about it. Um, because I don't know, often we think of repentance as like a very personal process and something that, you know, is between a person, you know, and like their own prayers or between a person and their bishop, um, but not something of, you know, because you don't want to have the attitude of, oh, this person should repent um, or like they really need to change, but just um, how people can experience greater joy in their life through being a repentant person and through always thinking about how they can change and grow um, and how thinking of the Savior and his sacrifice for us can change someone and give you a greater capacity to feel joy. That was a super long-winded response, but <laughs> those are my first thoughts. Yeah, that's great for me. I know um, the part that really stuck out to me is when he quoted, um, I believe it's Hebrews chapter 12, where it talks about Christ being the author and finisher of our faith. But he emphasizes in that verse where he says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and is set down at the right hand of uh, the throne of God. Um, and then he goes on to say, we speak often of the pain and suffering of Gethsemane and Calvary, but seldom do we speak of the great joy the Savior must have anticipated as he offered his life for us. Clearly, his pain and his suffering were for us that we might experience the joy of returning with him to the presence of God. And so I had never once thought about it from that angle of the atonement as something that Christ had joy for going into, um, realizing that there was going to be a lot of suffering and that he was going to take all that upon him um, and then still finding joy in it. And I know we always talk about Christ being our ultimate example at all things. And I think what an example right there where he's going to literally take on every kind of burden you can imagine and still find joy in that. I think that is really powerful. I like both of those thoughts. It kind of made me think about how we should, one, ex can expand our definition of repentance, but also expand our definition of, of joy as well. And that there is a part in there where Elder Christensen, he says um, that for some to think of repentance as the pathway to joy might seem contradictory. Repentance at time can be painful and difficult. It requires admitting that some of your thoughts and actions, even some of your beliefs have been wrong. Um, and I think like Erica was saying, sometimes we think about, oh, that's very personal between someone and their bishop, their specific sins or transgressions. But it's, you know, so much more than that, just ways that we can change and we can grow. And for this, they, this made me think about how um, that like establishing good habits and like changing even the, in the little ways is like repentance in ways that can just like draw us closer to Christ and look more to his example. And I think that's even in some temporal things as well. Um, like, you know, maybe getting to bed at a better time or spending less time on social media or like, you know, going to work out all these like things that we try to like change and work on. You think about like our like new year's resolutions 
And I'm like, I guess that is like repenting in a way, like we're changing, trying to become better. And like Christ can enable us in those things. I think sometimes we think about like the atonement has to come in, like when we're down and out having like horrible times, you know, going through all this sorrow. And maybe it's just that we want to be a little bit better and he can enable us and bring us joy in those moments too. Yeah, I believe there's a a part of this talk and maybe not one of the other talks that we're going to discuss, but um, where it talks about, you know, sometimes it's not sin, but just like, you know, becoming like stagnant and like not progressing. And so that just made me think of our discussion with Marin um, and how, like you said, right, sometimes it's just repentance is recognizing habits small habits that should change or and just even putting forth the effort um to try and be a better person and develop better habits it's not necessarily always a huge undertaking but that quote that you pulled out also made me think of you know there's such a stigma against you know, like repentance or like a huge transgression and, you know, having to go to like proper authorities to repent fully. Um, But they're like, well, it's (laughs) going to lead to like the ultimate joy. And it's just like a small moment. And it also talks about, you know, how Heavenly Father, like will remember our sins no more. So it might be, you know, a really difficult and painful experience, but it's a necessary experience, a part of the plan. And like Brayden said, like Jesus was like looking forward to that because he knew what would come after and like the joy that people would feel through redemption. So Again, going in a lot of different directions of not being stagnant, but also thinking about, you know, is a a path to greater joy through repentance. You said about like looking forward to it um, makes me think about, you know, how we should also be looking forward to like repenting, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. It just makes me think about this one time that I was in sacrament meeting. And I feel like you see this a lot with toddlers is like they, when it comes to the sacrament, they just are excited because they get to touch something and they get to eat Mm -hmm. something. And I just remember this one toddler being like so excited to get their little piece of bread. And it made me think, I'm like, am I that excited to take the sacrament knowing that I know like Mm. the what it what it what's the purpose of it you know that I'm able to be like renewed and that I'm able to you know renew my covenants with God like am I like oh I can't wait till Sunday because I get to take the sacrament because I get to refresh and repent and change again um so just made me think of that like you know the looking forward to it part like and I think we can find joy in that like joy is we can have joyful experiences looking forward to repentance Mm -hmm. I like that Yeah. And I feel like lately, maybe this is just my experience, but I feel like not only with the church leaders in general, but also an institute in other places, there's been a quite an attempt to like destigmatize repentance and kind of change the way we look at it. And I do think we still have a long way to go. So that's why I think like talks like this are so beneficial and Mm -hmm. really get us thinking about, like Erica said, the process, um, that it is uh, just a step in the process. And, um, 
I really like what you just said, Nicole, too, about the joy, like relating that back to Christ having joy to take upon him our sins. We should have joy in like accepting his offering. Yeah, that's awesome. Not that we're going to have joy all the time either. <laughs> that's one thing that also stood out to me is like he uses the phrase in there, like occasions of joy. Um, and also he talks about the scripture in second Nephi that's like, they might have joy. And I don't know why that just hit me then. It's like, it is a choice for us to be like, find those moments of joy, like might have Adam Feldman might be that we might have joy. It's like, we have to seek for those moments. Like they're not just going to come. Like we have to, you know, have those moments where we're looking forward to repenting to or when we're prioritizing, prioritizing the savior, when we're working to change or, but again, like they're going to come in ebbs and flows of life. Like, I think I, this talk made me think about, am I joyful like all the time? And I'm like, no, but I think it's okay to have those moments. Cause also, you know, we talk about opposition a lot in the gospel that like knowing painful moments helps you to recognize the moments of joy and vice versa. And you need both to learn and grow. So. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Any last thoughts on this talk? Should we go to the next one? I think I'm good to move on. Yeah, sure. Let's go. <laughs> All right. The talk that stuck out to me the most from this um, conference was came from Saturday night. It was the talk called Christ-like Poise by Elder Bragg. Um, I will be honest. He first initially hooked my attention by mentioning John Wooden. Big college basketball fan, John Wooden's the greatest to ever do it as a head coach. And he told this story of his dad used to play for Coach Wooden. And so they would, Coach Wooden and his wife would come to his house for dinner sometimes growing up. And before Elder Bragg, it was his senior year of high school. He's about to go in. He's about to like start this next phase of life. He just asked Coach Wooden for some life advice. And John Wooden said, he told him, he said, your father told me that you have joined the church of Jesus Christ. So I know that you have faith in the Lord with that faith. Be sure to have poise in every situation, be a good man in a storm. Um, and Elder Brad goes on to tell this really powerful story about president Nelson when he was in an operating room. Um, he was doing a quadruple coronary artery bypass and the patient's blood pressure just like all of a sudden dropped. And president Nelson quickly found out that one of his team members had like removed a clamp and they needed to put it back. And this is about as high stressful as a situation as you can get. And president Nelson simply told the team member who made the mistake, quote, I still love you. And I just think that's such a powerful example. And president Nelson goes on to say, um, talking about this experience, he said, it's a matter of extreme self-discipline. Your natural reaction is take me out coach. I want to go home, but of course you can't. A life is totally dependent on that whole surgical team. So you've got to stay just as calm and relaxed and sharp as you ever were. And so this is a really extreme example, I think. But um, as young adults, I think we're often, I think just poise is such a underrated concept that maybe we don't talk about enough. And it was so cool to see that um, displayed on such a large stage. So I'd love to, to hear y'all's thoughts about that talk and about poise being spiritually poised. Yeah, well, when I, I did not listen to this talk when, you know, in live <laughs> in the moment, when I started it, I was like, yeah, no wonder Braden picked this talk. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with the basketball example. <laughs> uh, no, but it was really good. So I, there's the section um, 
about kind of like poise, the Christ-like poise and relating it to our divine identity. It, it takes me back to young women's days, um, thinking about the value of divine nature. Um, and there's this quote here, Christ-like poise requires that we avoid comparing ourselves to others or pretending to be someone we're not. Um, and I think that that's something that I certainly struggle with. I think women struggle a lot with, and everybody struggles with, but you know, I will know the female perspective better. Um, comparison, comparing our journeys, comparing, you know, where we're at in the gospel, comparing, you know, so many things. Um, but recognizing that we have such like a larger role in earth and like the eternities and life um, and that we are divine beings and we have um, a greater purpose and you know being like a child of God gives you a lot of power um, and that little things in life don't you know, when you think with that eternal perspective, the little things and when you compare, things become less important to you because you know that there is such a greater purpose of life and that you are meant for so much more. Um, yeah, so it says, as you embrace these truths, our Heavenly Father will help you reach your ultimate goal of living eternally in his holy presence. So it's like, you know, when you're caught up on little comparisons and stuff that, that can, you know, I, I think this is a lesson that like we've been taught before, but just kind of like struck a different chord of like, I don't know, like I'm older now, but things still bother you. And it's just a good reminder, I think. Yeah. I really love like that next line. It's like, we truly are divine spiritual beings having a mortal experience, which I think yeah. is something that a lot of apostles and leaders say and people over time um but I feel like that's like a very like grounding thing yeah like and and could also like create a sense of like humility too that like amongst all like the craziness of what we're going through like that is our most like important identity which um President Nelson also talks about and probably this Choices for Eternity talk that's right there mentioned um <laughs> That that is like something that we can that remembering that always like can help us to um, overcome challenges. Like I think about how he says that like our natural reaction is take me out, coach. Like we all always have, have these like natural knee jerk reactions to our experiences, and I think poise also means like taking some time to like process and trying to see like that bigger picture, like that eternal picture. And I think one of Satan one of Satan's tactics is for us to overthink and to spiral and to like get out of our head and to lose that like eternal perspective. Um, so trying to, you know, cast out the adversary in that way, I think is like a big way in which we can establish like the spiritual poise and, you know, thinking about sports analogies, practice makes perfect. And I think like, as we continue to do that, it becomes more of our natural nature to be like, well, like see things from like a more of a Christ-like perspective, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I'd never thought about poise as being a spiritual gift, but I don't see why it couldn't be. I mean, there are so many, and I don't know if we talk about all of them, but um, it also ties back to what we were talking about earlier about the enabling power of the atonement. Um, 
which is a big section of this talk as well. And I don't know, I just think that's just such a great concept of the, the atonement can enable us to have poise in those difficult situations where we may not know what to do or how to react in a certain, in like given any context really. Yeah, well, I don't know. Do you guys consider yourself poised people? I don't know, like a poised person. Not enough. Yeah, I don't know. What you think makes a poised person? <laughs> I think I'm really good at faking it, if that makes sense. <laughs> I can come across as such. Um, but I think, you know, a poised person is someone who takes the time to process things. Um, yeah. And someone who might not have all the life experience but is able to potentially like learn from others life experiences and really like internalizes things to see a full picture if that makes sense um they like uh I guess try to limit themselves from I guess having those take me out coach moments like they try to see that big bigger end goal um I think that's like a big part of it too is like a, seeing a goal and a future in whatever's going on um and I think also to someone who just like seeks peace too like which something that back to like Marin's from last week um she talked a lot about peace too um I think I feel like poise and peace can go together really well yeah I gotta say, Nicole, I think that might be a perfect transition into our next talk that we want to discuss. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, peace. Peace, yeah. Perfect segue. Yeah, honestly, I feel like both of these talks, these last two that we've gone over, made me think about like this last one that we had in mind here um, with um, Elder Christensen talking about how we can repent if we you know, sometimes we get a little prideful thinking our ways are better than everyone else's. And then again, President Nelson, he starts off with another um, antidote of being in a, a surgery, <laughs> uh, which was very interesting. It really it was wild. Yeah, wild. Um, a quick summary for the people listening, but basically he was in an operating room and there was like an out of control surgeon got angry about something what was he even angry about someone performed he a task poorly yeah the surgeon erupted in anger in the middle of the, his tant tant tantrum he threw a scalpel loaded with germs it landed in my forearm this is president nelson so yeah everyone in the operating room except for the out-of-control surgeon was horrified by this dangerous breach of surgical practice yeah yeah so initially i suggested that we discuss this well one like it's a profit um <laughs> two I feel like it it a lot so much of the message was about contention like avoiding contention and I feel like you know just like Nicole just talked about like being poised peaceful I think contention also brings you it's like the opposite of joy of, you know, if you're feeling, if you're harboring resentments towards someone or you feel anger, you, you cannot experience joy. You're not seeing that person as a child of God. Um, you know, you're not being like 
relating to that person in any way. So I think that it can, contention can bring you away from the spirit and also just uh, away from being a happy, like joyful person. Um, so that's why I kind of wanted to bring it up. I don't know if people have initial thoughts. I can give mine, but. When you first like were talking to us about contention being the opposite of joy, it made me think about like the quote that comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And that I think contention often comes from comparison um, because we always are like, you know, their way is different. Therefore their way is wrong. You're comparing the way that you're doing things to being the right way to anyone else yeah. doing it any differently is the wrong way, which is not always true. And even if it is, even if there is like a right and wrong, it's how you react to that. It's like this situation with the surgeon. I think President Nelson was really going into more of how he reacted, you know, like the getting angry, the throwing things. And he goes on to say, I promised myself that I would never lose control of my emotions. So mm -hmm. it's like, how do we allow, like, how do we allow comparison to drive our reactions? Like, are we going to do so in a contentious way or in like a peaceful way? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that surgeon that they talked about at the beginning certainly did not have poise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of uh, in sacrament meeting a few weeks ago, one of the speakers said, conflict is inevitable, but contention is a choice. Um, and that really stuck with me. And that was on my mind during this talk. But I also like that he mentioned, uh, he paraphrased one of the articles of faith, the 13th article of faith. He said, if there is anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report or praiseworthy that we can say about another person, whether to their face or behind their back, that should be our standard of communication. So I think the other aspect of this is not just like avoiding those like negative yeah. connotations or negative comments, but like really embracing giving a compliment or just saying something that somebody's doing that you like. I think so often we hold those back for various reasons. Um, but I feel like that's just such a good way to um, not only avoid attention, but just like it can change someone's day. It just brings the spirit. And it's something that I know for myself and I'm sure many others just doesn't really happen enough. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I think because my thoughts as I was listening to this talk is like, I I don't know, but he, he brought up examples like specific to engaging on social media, specific to politics. And that that's kind of like where my mind went because I like, I am pretty strong and like firm in my political beliefs. Um, and so something, I mean, I recognize that cer certain people's posts and what they say and their viewpoints made me angry when I see it on social media because I think a different way and of course I'm human so I think I am correct I am right and so what I did was I just unfollowed anyone in my life who <laughs> thought differently to me so one that does put me fully in a vacuum and in a bubble like thought bubble of I'm only <laughs> interacting with people who agree with me. But I think your point, Brayden, and like the prophet's point <laughs> is <laughs> really good of like, I think it's just not enough to not engage with those people where I'm like, okay, that made me mad and made me think like negative thoughts about that person and their character. So I'm going to remove it of how can I actually you know, relate 
to that person in another way or you think kind thoughts towards them or, or turn it around into like a different kind of situation rather than just I just chose to withdraw and just you know cut off that social media connection so I kind of like building bridges rather than just completely like taking myself out um yeah, that, that's definitely something I need to work on because th there's lots of other layers to that. And I don't want to like, get too political on this podcast. <laughs> we'll just keep it very vague where, yeah, I think sometimes it might be more harmful. But anyway, um, yeah, just something I need to really think about of how I can not just like not in like, you know, not engage, but how can I make something positive out of it? That makes me think about like a lot of the discussions that we've been having around unity and belonging and other conference talks. I think Elder Christofferson potentially talked about charity and love and unity or has in the past. I don't know. It's just in my brain. <laughs> but um, that like I think that obviously is the opposite of contention too. And drawing on those like pieces of relate relatability. Um, but then also bringing in our Christ-like poise of sometimes I think the Christ-like poise is thinking about that person, not only our divine identity, but like their divine identity. Like maybe I disagree with all of their opinions on this, this, and this, and this, but no matter what, like they're a child of God and I'm supposed to treat them as such. Like, you know, the good old golden rule of how treat others the way you want to be treated, which I think a lot of times is these break down to like these simple truths that we know and hear all the time. And I think that's sometimes why we overlook them is because we're like, oh, it's, you know, so commonplace or like, seems simple, but it really is like, you know, having that poise to be like, well, how can I relate or what can I share with them or what can I compliment them with, as Brayden was mentioning, um, creating some sort of peace and unity between us and like, what is our like, you know, flag of surrender or whatever it may be, like, what can we, what can we uh, relate on there, so. Mm -hmm. And I also really like that he mentioned, he said, no, I'm not talking about peace at any price. Um, and in the footnote of that on the app, it says being a peacemaker does not require us to agree with the ideas or beliefs of others, which I think is a very important uh, part to stress that we, we don't have to be pushovers or conform at all. And it's important to stand your ground and stand up for what you believe in while maintaining that peace. And I really love that he used Elder or President Oaks and President Eyring as an example of that. I don't think we ever think of them as like potentially disagreeing, but it probably happens a fair amount. And it was cool to see like the way that he addressed that and that they were comfortable with him talking about that. I think that's such a great example. Um, I also really like how there was a bit of a call out toward the end where he says like, I'm sure you're thinking, hmm, this could apply really well to someone I know. <laughs> um, but it's important to look within deep within yourself and realize how it applies to you. And so from both of your comments, I appreciate that. I can already tell that that both of you have done that. And I know that's something I've been trying to focus on as well. Um, Cause I think it's something everyone needed to hear um, right. and apply to all of us um, in any circumstance. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I was definitely thinking about other <laughs> people too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It makes me think about like, again, we're tying all the things back together, but the, um, the take me out coach type of thing. I think that's our initial thing. When we hear these things, we're like, this is not for me. This is so-and-so, you know, like that's our natural reaction is to like put it out on someone else. And it goes back to like casting out, like, you know, 
the the adversary in the ways that we think um t says in here president nelson um the temple can help us in our quest there we are endowed with god's power giving us the ability to overcome satan that is the instigator of all contention cast him out of your relationships note that we also rebuke the adversary every time we heal a misunderstanding or refuse to take offense. Instead, we can show the tender mercy that is characteristic of true disciples of Jesus Christ, peacemakers thwart the adversary. And that part of like, we rebuke the adversary when we refuse um, to take offense, which is not one of my favorite. I don't necessarily love like the phrase, like choose to be offended, but I, I see what the prophet is meaning here about, and obviously it depends on the circumstance that like we have to process work on that poise of when we hear things and when we see things that are, um, you know, we disagree with, like, how are we, what is our outlook on that person or that, you know, the end goal. And a lot of times I think we get riled up about things that are even not even personally relevant sometimes too. And I think that's also a way that Satan can get to us too, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, almost all the thoughts I had I don't know if you guys had other thoughts on this talk I definitely did when I was initially (laughs) listening to them but here we are in the moment well I think it was like one cohesive like theme Mm -hmm. to it you know of like yeah I think an important point I just saw is like contention is like of Satan and it's like you cannot serve two masters and like be being mean to someone on social media on one hand and then like you know going and doing your ministering on another of right of we should like minister to all um i guess that was my last thought on that but awesome that's great i loved all the connections we made there um i guess we talked a little bit about this in the first talk about like repentance and um, changing our habits, things we want to work on. I feel like a lot of times we can go into to conference with questions or like, you know, some sort of inspiration that we're trying to receive. And I know for me, I received inspiration about things I didn't even know I was trying to, to change. Um, but I guess for you all, was there any like you know, things that set out or new habits you want to work on or inspiration that you received when it come came to conference? I will say there were two talks about a patriarchal blessing, yeah. which I found really interesting. And if I'm being completely honest, it'd probably been months since I last looked at mine. So I think that's a really important habit I want to make going forward is maybe like once a week or so. Um, maybe it doesn't have to be exactly that often, but just making more of an effort to consistently study my patriarchal blessing. Um, because yeah, it's been a while and I think there's a reason it was spoken about twice. For sure. I think, you know, I used these as examples earlier, but I think for me, I've been trying to work on how to like personalize the atonement more. And like, you know, we're told, daily repentance you know utilizing the atonements increases your relationship with the savior and i feel like for me i'm like well i have like no big things like going on in my life and um it really just hit me that like establishing good habits like is repentance and you need christ's power to do that 
So I started like creating like a little bit of like lists of things, like small things that I like want to work on. And I'm like, well, uh, come follow me. Haven't really done it all year. If I could <laughs> you'd come follow me once, once a week. And if I pray to ask Heavenly Father to help me to be like inspired and excited and joyful to do come follow me, <laughs> then like that is utilizing the atonement because I'm going to be going from not doing it to hopefully doing it once a week. <laughs> so that's just one of like the, like the many things that I hope to like, you know, improve upon, but like just internalizing that the savior is here to help us in every aspect of our life. Like we say that all the time, but like trying to actually accept that is a lot harder. And I feel like that's like a lot of things that I saw throughout like different talks. So. Yeah. Something I thought of, like I am literally so bad when it comes to general conference I'm like I don't know who said what when did they even say it like <laughs> the spirit was speaking to you exactly <laughs> of either someone okay a woman talked about fasting <laughs> and I just had the thought or she was talking about it literally do not remember of just like wanting like a stronger testimony of fasting and really like, yeah, just kind of working on that of, yeah, I think it was someone talking like very positively about fasting. And I was like, Hmm, I cannot really relate to that, but wanting to. Um, yeah. So that, that was my little piece is working harder on fasting. I think my main question coming in was just all about like decision making. Yeah. So making important decisions. And I definitely feel like this concept of spiritual poise, of Christ like poise, will help with that. But it's just starting to connect for me right now. Like uh, the patriarchal blessing, I think that should definitely help with that as well. And I didn't even make that connection to literally right now. <laughs> I think it, it can happen with conference thoughts. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really cool. Like I didn't realize that that was an answer to that question. Yeah. Until we start discussing it. And so maybe that's another answer too, is like to have real discussions about these talks mm. um, as we search for answers. Obviously it's great to read them by ourselves or listen to them by ourselves, but um, I don't know. I feel like conversations like this really get the mind flowing. And um, yeah, I thought that was a you know, revelation on the spot. So that's but awesome. You both of you. Oh, <laughs> spirit for sure. <laughs> um, it also, you know, makes me think about like, I feel like a common theme that I saw throughout a lot of talks was that it's okay for things to, like, not be okay and for things to, like, fluctuate and, like, ebb and flow. Like, I feel like I heard a lot of things going back to, like, joy, like, occasions of joy or it's okay to mess up or, like, it doesn't have to happen all at once, all of these things that I think we sometimes have this, like, picture-perfect life-inspired. Um, but as I'm, I'm in this mindset of, like, oh, you know, a phase of transition and discomfort and like this is just like a chapter like trying to see things and like chapters in different parts of my life and we even talked about this in institute tonight that you know the savior is like the author of our story and we need you know chapter 23 will go based off of years of age for me that like so that I know the conclusion of what's in you know chapter 50 plus whatever except etc etc like we have to be going through this phase to prepare us. Um, and that's like, I think a lot of what I've been thinking about too, is like, how can I, 
how can I use the present to prepare for the future instead of like living in the future? And I think a lot of times like apostles and we hear church leaders talk about, oh, like don't live in the past, like use it to like, you know, push you. And I'm like, you don't really want to live in the future either. Cause I think that also can sometimes get you in like a, a weird headspace too. So trying to focus on how can I prepare for the future by living in the present and like making the most out of the present too is something that I, I feel like I learned a lot about too. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And Jesus as always, I really don't know if that's even a theme, but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I feel yeah. like we talked about Jesus more this conference. I'm like, they're all yeah. Jesus. Oh, they sense. were loving Palm Sunday. They were living for it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Every time I said Palm Sunday, I just chuckled to myself. (laughs) Uh, It's very important. Don't want to diminish Palm Sunday, but. All right. We have any last thoughts or general takeaways I think we kind of just did general takeaways but there's any other wisdom to share from general conference I would just go back to like what I was saying in the beginning it could be overwhelming to get this like many messages all at once but you know just take your time going through them and you know like we just said even us like listening to them again to prepare for this episode yeah we got new things and it was helpful and discussing them as Braden says is also helpful and you know, don't feel like you have to do all at once. So that's a little invitation, I guess. And I think Brayden was like a perfect example of like, sometimes, you know, the, it's not like, okay, if if you listen to it and you don't get like a revelation right then doesn't mean it's not going to come later. Um, Yeah. It's not like you can only receive revelation, like, and like be spoken to by prophets and apostles on that weekend, like, you know, still applies. Definitely. And like Nicole was saying, six months is a long time. So we have yeah. a good amount of time to, to marinate in these talks and to um, apply them. So yeah. Thanks to both of you. This has been a really great discussion. Yeah, it's really good. I would just like end by saying, you know, the prophets and apostles are called for, these days so they're here for us for this time in our lives so seek out their counsel but yeah it's been great talking with y'all and like i have some some things that i have sparked in my mind as well and i'm like i could even listen go back to these talks a third time and probably get a yeah a new a new insight there um well we'll just end by you know Again, invite everyone to share the podcast. Let us know if you have any guests you want to hear from, any topics you want to hear about. Uh, go to our Instagram at Joy of Jesus Christ Pod, um, and all the information will be in the show notes. But thank you all for listening. Anything else, guys? No, Pat. Hope yeah. everybody has a great week. Happy Easter, everybody. Bye. Bye.